Bears, EOTech voodoos, and an emergency in the backcountry. Hey, welcome into another Gun Talk Hunt episode. It's a good episode. You're not going to want to miss this one. Uh, we are brought to you by Pyramid Air, your number one resource for everything air gun. So go check them out. Uh, PyramidAir.com. That's with two Y's. They do it a little different over there, especially their air guns. Today, I'm joined by a good buddy and industry friend for, honestly, I think we're going on like 12 years or something like that, that I've that I've had the pleasure of knowing uh, JB from over at EOTech. JB, how you doing? Good. Doing great. Thanks for having me. So, I don't know. I think it was eight years ago, something like that. It was like, it's been a while since we visited the Idaho backcountry. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was around 2012, 13, yeah. somewhere in there. So, it's been a, it's been a while, but so, so start out and explain what we were doing and why we were headed in, uh, up the Selway river on horseback. Yeah. So, um, you know, EOTech makes a holographic site. It's a one X site. Uh, around then we were, um, kind of into our second or third year of our mm -hmm. magnifier, our three power magnifier, but our holographic site is often known as more law enforcement military but you can really use it for hunting in, in most applications. If you're going to go long, long range, obviously you're not going to do that. But we wanted to kind of push our sights to the <laughs> limits and, um, you know, use them in, in a hunting situation. And the, the Selway in, in Idaho was like the, oh. the ultimate. So um, we partnered with Smith & Wesson and uh, put our stuff on top of their AR-10 and went out to beautiful Idaho to the flying bee and, uh, did just a, an incredible, incredible hunt. It was amazing. Uh, now when you talk about stretching, you know, what you're able to do, um, a bear's vitals is not that big. And we tested these optics just before. Cause I, so I was working in P the PR game right. with Smith and Wesson and, you send all the optics down. I'm like, Oh man, this is, this is actually a little <laughs> bit more difficult because you know, up close and personal hundred yards in, that's sure. not a problem, but I was not prepared. And I was a marathon runner at the time. I'd, I'd been in training. I'd been ready to go. And I was not prepared what Idaho had for me. Like I was absolutely not prepared. And you were more fit than I was. Yeah. <laughs> and you, but you were better conditioned for it, which uh, is kind of counterintuitive, but, but it's true. Uh, maybe, uh, but you're right. When we, you know, when you talk about a red dot, basically we're holographic, much different, but still a red dot, non-magnified. Uh, what helps in that situation? Because, you know, we were counting on our guys to get us close. I Absolutely. was hoping for a 50, 75 yard shot, you know, to be honest <laughs> with you, but I knew there was going to be longer range, um, you know, more possibilities of longer range. Right. The beauty of our site, whether it's magnified or not, is our dot is a one MOA dot. So it's the smallest dot you can get. So when you're looking at something at 200 yards, it's still only covering two inches of that vital. So right. I was kind of counting on the accuracy of the dot to, to help us out a little bit. And then when you throw a magnifier behind it, the beauty of holography is the dot stays the same size. Okay. So now your bear is three times bigger but your dot is the same size. So now you're that much more precise. So again, we're pushing the limits, mm -hmm. but if you're going to do it with a red dot or a, you know, a, a, a one X site with a magnifier, there's probably nothing better. There really isn't. And you know, when we were sighting these in, it was almost like it was exactly what you said. You know, your dot isn't growing and covering the entire vital sign. 
So we were getting really good groups right. out at 300, 350 yards. Um, and then after that, it's a lot of trigger control. It's a lot of, you know, what your rest is. And we were counting heavily on the guides at Flying B. Sure. Um, but no, we, so we packed up and they have options at the Flying B for baited hunts. And you guys did not want that. No. Like no. that was what was cool about it. Cause they were like, well, yeah, we, we have baited hunts where you can, you know, you go when you set up on a bait about 25 yards or so, and you're probably going to shoot something. It's a guaranteed, but this was an industry hunt. Like I've never been on. Right. There is no guarantees in this. No, no. And actually we, we had good success, but not great success for the amount of people we had, but you know, a baited hunt is good. Um, you know, I, I'm in the marketing game. So if I take oh, yeah. a, I take a, a dealer customer, you know, a baited hunt is good because you get, he gets to kill something. Uh, you get to have that relationship, but PR is different. We need to get those writers content. Oh yeah. You know, there's not much content over a baited hunt. There is a ton of no. content, you know, hiking in on horseback, 15 miles, 15 miles, you know, and, and staying in a wall tent, you know, for a, a period of time with no showers, you know, yeah. so it's a totally different game. We were all very ripe by the end of this hunt. <laughs> it was, it, it really was amazing to sit there and i mean you're riding 15 miles and so it took us the better part of you know a, a six hours six to eight hours of riding time yeah, yeah and we'd we'd stop and we'd you know and eat and and you're just looking at these steep mountains which from the plains of oklahoma is a lot different <laughs> and because there's some elevation change yeah and, and i'll tell you the the uh shame on me i guess but I didn't think they were going to take the horses away. So when you go 15 <laughs> miles to the camp and he said, all right, I'm going to take the horses back. I'm like, well, how are we going to get around? And yeah, we had a base. We <laughs> basically, they had a base camp set up for us right. when we arrived. And, but this isn't normal, like base camp. Like it was like a tent city. Like there was three tents. One was the chow tent. Yep. Um, and that like setting all that up and packing all that in, there was nowhere to fly in. There was nowhere. You had to pack all that stuff in. Right. So they were, you know, probably weeks ahead of us to set all this up. Yep. And we were only walking from that point on. Yeah. Yeah. We were basically at the crotch of a little valley, right? So yep. we were at one point and, you know, to go look for them, you had to go up or down. And if you went up, you had to come back down. I know, which was the down was almost as bad as the up, but I would definitely take the down sure. over the up. Yeah. So the first day, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I've got boots. I'm good with the boots. And then David Fabian hmm. is with us and he's wearing tennis shoes. Yeah. And I'm like, God, he's going to, it's going to really suck to be him at the end of the day. Like he is going to, it's going to be awful. But then at the end of the day, he was good and it was awful on me. Like yeah. I had two pairs of socks. He only had one like, and I had blisters along my feet, on my foot pad. That was awful. He, awful. He definitely had a cheat sheet on that hunt because oh. he brought the right gear, the right clothing. He brought solar things to help power uh, phones. And I mean, he, he definitely talked to somebody about a hunt like this and prepared and didn't share well, with anybody. No, he did not <laughs> share with me. Like who I ended up hunting with him the majority of the time. Um, but yeah, you were kind of on your own with a guide and our guide, Ob, Obby, Arby, Arby. Yeah. 
um, was was phenomenal. He was an amazing like guide. But what you would do is you would you would go up the side of these mountains and you you weren't hunting that mountain. You were hunting the right. one across from it. Right. Which having the magnifier on the optic was uh, levels above where I thought we would be and what we would see. Um, and I think it was the first, the first set when we went up and we hiked in the next day, um, uh, Fabian got a shot on one. Okay. Like, so he had a shot on one across the ridge, um, and he just missed it. And we decided that he had missed low cause we had saw where the bear ran through, um, but he had just shot low on it. Um, and I think it was a lot of rest because the angle that we had to get to, it was ridiculous. Yeah, like, right. so, so it was a, a kind of an angled shot and he just wasn't prepared for it. And, you know, when you hike and you see a bear and you're like, well, we, he's moving this way. So we need to follow him. So you're following on the, like that, uh, mountainside. Right. So your heart rate's increasing. And then all of a sudden you have a window of like six feet. Yep. that you can get them. And this was a springtime bear hunt, right? which they're just now coming out of the dens. And we, at the end, had thought we were, what, maybe like two weeks early? I think so. I yeah. think that's what it ended up, we kind of ended up talking about. But, yep. uh, but yeah, it was, God, it was Well, yeah, different. you mentioned heartbeat too. So you have the mountains, the terrain, the, maybe the short window of time that you could shoot. And then you set up and your heartbeat, you know, that dot's got to be going, you know, it's moving above the, the bear and below the bear. So oh yeah. You got to time that shot too. Yeah. You got, you got to time it. And I think one thing that I've kind of figured out and how I, I do my loadout pack and you know, it was a, so you would hunt all day and then we'd be back at night. So you would pack, you know, your sandwiches and your snacks and your waters and everything like that. But how I've started packing my pack now is a little bit different. Like I'll, I'll fill it out. Whereas then I was like, oh, I, I can't have yeah. anything in it. And, right. you know, I, I want to trim as much weight. Now they've got these bags that are super lightweight that'll fill in spaces. And I think that would help, you know, steady those shots. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but, definitely. But now, now we, we do have a few other optics laid out in front of us. And we've got one of the XPSs, uh, uh, which is what we were using at the time. Uh, but now you guys have the HWS, which is brilliant. It's, it looks beautiful. Um, but now I'm looking at what we've got laid out on the table and I'm like, man, that would have made it, yeah. that would have, there wouldn't been no challenge to this. No, no, you still deal with the elements for sure, oh, yeah. you know, and, and the heartbeat and all that. But, um, you know, we have a, uh, we introduced a line of, uh, what we call voodoo, uh, premium rifle scopes, uh, in 2017, and we came out with a pretty narrow but uh, thorough uh, family. So we have a one to six, all the way up to five to twenty-five, even an eight to thirty-two, like yeah. a more of a bench rest scope. So yeah, if we had a even the one to six would double our magnification. Oh, absolutely. Know? So uh, certainly would have been a lot more helpful uh, in situations like that. Uh, just a little bit, but yeah, the voodoo line is is an amazing deal. But but there was a couple things that happened on that hunt that I'll never forget. Um, and one of them I'll never forget because I pretty much slept through the whole thing, but we had the, so the camp cook, amazing yeah. guy, amazing cook. When Luke Hartle shot his bear, he cooked up like kind of an appetizer, uh, tenderloin appetizer for us, which was, I'll, it was the best bear I've ever eaten yeah, to this no, day. No question. Um, 
but I think it was the night that he cooked that something happened and, and it was, it was terrifying. It was actually, um, for me, uh, two different ways because I was the one that was, uh, awake first. Yeah. So, and the, the whole mountainside Idaho experience was all new to me. So I, I had woken up or either, even that wasn't sleeping well or something. And I heard like moaning outside and I immediately thought it was a bear right. because outside the camp tent or the cook tent, uh, was where all our coolers were. Right. You know, and they had them kind of locked down, but you know, a, a bear can easily still get into them. So I heard like, uh, you know, kind of yeah. groaning and moaning and, and it was loud. It was. And I was freaking out. I had my rifle <laughs> under my bed. I'm looking around and all you guys are still just, we were sacked out. You, like, you were, we were wiped tired. out. I'm like, all right, well maybe it'll just go away. And I just kept going on and on and on. And I'm like, all right, I got to wake somebody up. I'm like, guys, you guys, you hear this? And I'm like, Everybody kind of woke up groggy and uh, heard it again, and yeah. <laughs> it turned out it wasn't a bear. It wasn't a bear. Um, it was our 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 camp cook um, was having a, having an episode. Yeah. He was having uh, diabetic, uh, yeah, a diabetic like seizure right. essentially. And so you guys jumped up, and I was I guess I was so out of it um, that I ended up kind of sleeping through it. But I heard everything. But then I heard a lot of guys, a bigger group growing. Gun Talk Hunt is also brought to you by ATN. Hey, ATN has partnered with Mossy Oak to bring you three different pattern options for your Thor 4, Thor LT, Excite LTV, and the factory refurbished Excite 4K. It's available in Breakup Country, Bottomland, and the Elements Terra, which is one of my favorites. But honestly, I'll probably end up sticking with the bottom land because it's so dang traditional. Uh, but uh, cutting edge technology meets quality parts in every ATN product. Find your next optic at atncorp.com. And you guys had ushered him into the cook tent. No, he actually was sleeping, sleeping in, there. in there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He and uh, uh, Jeremy and Arby, the guides, yep. slept in there along the sides uh, where the table right. wasn't. So they were in there. They were sleeping too. I think Fabian, David Fabian, was the first in there. I think he's got a little bit of uh, paramedic training or some medical training yeah. at least. Um, so he was in there and quickly kind of diagnosed and woke those guys up and, yeah. and they started kind of uh, attending to him. Well, and I think in the, there was a, a question at the time, like, how are we going to extract him? Right. Like, how are we going to get him from 15 miles in to out safely and, and get him out and with Fabian there, so this is actually really interesting. And this is something that you should always know is, is get to know your guides and get to know their interests and stuff like that. Um, because one of the reasons why he was able to kind of say, okay, he's, he's, he is clear. He is speaking and stuff like that. He asked him what book he was reading That's right. at the That's time. Right. Yeah. And I just remember that sticking out because, because he was able to cite it back to him. Right. And so, okay, now I know coherent. he's co- yep. coherent and, and we can pr- proceed with proper treatment. Um, and it, when I woke up, I was like, what's going on? Um, and you guys were kind of talking through it and I don't, he ended up leaving. Well, actually uh, he did, but um, you know, I, <clears throat> I guess they determined that when you go through an experience like that, you need to just kind of shut down for 24, 36 hours yep. And so that day he stayed on in camp, but he just 
didn't do anything. Didn't get up. Uh, the the guides cooked, and uh, we went out and hunted. Came back, and uh, he seemed to be doing better. The next morning, the guides cooked, and it turned out he had another uh, episode. So that's when they yeah. got on the sat phone and they called somebody to come in and and uh, and and extract him and yeah. get him out. Yeah. Uh, but man, I'm that was a terrifying. Was. I mean, it was a terrifying experience. Just a. I mean, when you, you don't expect anything like that to happen on the side of a mountain. No. And I, man, I, I thankfully David Fabian, um, great guy. He was there and he kind of was able to manage a lot of that, that situation. Right. Um, and, and having good guides definitely helped. Well, it makes you think too. I mean, that was very serious. Um, it makes you think going up and down those mountains, you know, broken leg, uh, you fall and you hit your head, you know, yeah. how do you, I mean, that's 15 miles, you know, through there and, where and no it, vehicles or helicopters, nothing no. to get through there. So it makes you, you know, really wonder and take a little bit more caution and steps and, and how you, uh, approach, you know, uh, the terrain there. Yeah. You don't, you don't go bounding up and down mountains, um, as freely, right. Uh, when you're in the right mindset and you're in the thought of, okay, there is no one around. Like I've got, I've got these, this pack of guys, this is Except that which, one guy. Do you remember the shed hunter? Oh my God. That guy disobeyed he, every rule of safety. I mean, he was just flying up every, and down hills. He had four or five sheds on his back. Yeah. He, he and, was a, and so the Selway river was running like this does, this isn't a meandering river. It was, it was roaring and right. he was in this little like canoe with sheds and everything else. And he'd just go up and, this was tell of the story because the shed hunter, like, okay, let me just paint this picture for you. So there's this guy hadn't, sh hadn't showered, hadn't shaved, hadn't cut his hair in eight uh, years. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. something. Yeah. Um, Closest thing to a Wookiee I've ever seen in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hundred percent accurate. hundred percent. But his calves and his legs were about the size of redwoods. Yep. I mean, they, the dude, and this is what he lived for. Like this is, he would spend his time shed hunting yeah. in this area and all over, all over Idaho. Yep. I, yeah. I remember seeing him. He was coming down. Um, I think it was called Tango. Do you remember Tango? Yes. Oh, oh my God. I don't it, like it. It was the steepest, <laughs> highest, uh, mountain I've it, ever probably climbed. It was awful. But unfortunately I was going up and he was coming down and it was like he was walking in my neighborhood and oh, yeah. no, no breath. He wasn't, you know, breathing heavy. He wasn't sweating. He wasn't tired. It was just a, a walk in the park. Oh, it was a walk in the park. And I had my, I was buckled over, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> we were ready to throw up. Uh, can I get a time out here, <laughs> please? Yeah. Um, but what was interesting about him too is, so he would talk about like the sheds that he would find and he's looking for elk. He's looking for mule deer. Um, he said he'd have a barn full. Yeah. Like an entire barn full of sheds. That was his like uh, life insurance, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and that's expensive. Heck yeah, it is. Um, and w I actually did find one. It's it's funny. I found a shed on the hunt, and they shipped it back to me and everything. And it actually sits in my kitchen, and everybody has signed it. And it's it's it's. I get to I get reminded of that hunt every day. But this guy, um. So he would find a shed and he would take off running after it. Mm -hmm. um, and you'd find all these caches um, throughout the wilderness. And he would just stay out there. Right. Months. 
months at a time. And I think when we encountered him, he had been out in the wilderness for 20 days. I think so. Something like that. Yeah. And had another 20 planned, I think. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what he did for a living. Didn't he work? I don't, I don't know. He I remember hiked mountains or something. I don't, yeah, I mean, he, he took did a lot it well. of personal time off if he did. If oh he yeah. Somewhere. You know what? I actually believe he worked for like a gas company or something like that. Okay. Like walking pipelines or something like that. But, but the people you meet, like you would, no one should have been there. No, no, I never would have thought we would have crossed paths with anybody. No. Now, out where we, I mean, you're 15 miles in the backwoods. Right. And he got there by walking. He didn't like ride an ATV or UTV nope. or horse, llama, like nothing. And he would pack out. So he would find sheds. I, when we saw him, when I first saw him, we were coming, I think we were coming down Tango and he was camped along the side of the river. Right. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, because they talked about him. So Arby and Jeremy would talk about this, like, like this guy, like he's this mythical creature. Right. Of like, like, oh yeah, you'll see every once in a while you'll see him. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, this is cool. And then all of a sudden we're coming up on like this little encampment along the river. And I'm like, hey, is that him? And then you smelled him. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> like, you I didn't mean, have to be close he, either. You did not have to be close. You're like, oh yeah, there, there he is. The Sasquatch is near. <laughs> That's how rumors get started that there are Bigfoots. Yep. That's it. Yeah. I mean. And he, I mean, he was in like these, like, yeah, if he would have walked like that, you know, he, oh yeah. It was like that Bigfoot, like that Bigfoot stance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We would have drawn a gun and been like, <laughs> I didn't know Bigfoot was blonde. Yeah. He's carrying sheds. <laughs> yeah. Bigfoot's like sheds. Apparently. Yeah. I don't know. But, but no, it, it goes to show you never, you know, who you're going to see. You never know what you're going to encounter on a, on a mountain. Um, like, you know, the physical challenges, um, I definitely, I definitely would prepare differently. Yeah. Would you? I, I would have. Yeah. I definitely would have, um, brought a little bit better walking shoes. You know, I yeah. too had boots that I was kind of assuming I was going to be in muck and things like that. So I wore a heavier boot that I didn't necessarily need. Um, but yeah, I mean, part of it is just living it and learning the experience and hoping you can get back out there and plan better. But yeah. And I, th- I think that's one of the big and actually Fabian ended up going back to that same area. He's and, going, I just talked to him. He's going again uh, in a, like a couple of weeks. He's going again. Yeah. So he's ate up with it. I'm ate up yeah. with it to get up there. I'm uh, David Fabian. If you're listening to this, <laughs> I'm a little jealous. Actually, JB and I both are a little jealous that you didn't invite yeah, us. The phone didn't ring. Yeah. Right. Just, I'm still waiting. Um, but I want to get back out there. I know you do. Um, but it is a special place it is. and, yeah. and the lodging, we haven't even talked about the lodging of flying B. Yeah. And that, you know, you, when you leave there and go to the wall tent, you really miss it really fast, <laughs> really fast, fully stocked bar. I mean, big beds, oh, yeah, your the, own room. Yeah. yeah. The rooms were incredible that, yeah, the bar and the, the, they had pool tables and darts and all that stuff. It was, yeah. But, but at the time when we got back, like, I don't know if anybody fully enjoyed, like, the experience that we got at the Flying Bee um, because we were still talking about what we had experienced on the mountain. Yeah, there was a kind of a relief that you're back in a little bit of civilization and able to shower and, and have a drink and all that. But, you know, you it's, the, cre- it's the creature comforts yeah, that we miss. But you immediately miss being out there and, oh, and doing all of that once you're once you're separated from it. 
So we've, we've been talking about the experience of the mountain and everything else, but we haven't talked about like bears that were shot and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, let's get into that. Yeah. So I was uh, fortunate enough to be, uh, to be one of the shooters and also be a camera guy on Luke Hartle's bear. Yep. Um, so, you know, I had Jeremy as our guide and again, he was equally as good as Arby. I mean, He's just, just knows the terrain and knows, knows how to handle it, where to go, where to glass. Um, and Luke was the first one to shoot one and we spotted it on the other side of the, uh, Selway, um, one of the drainages yeah. and, uh, it was a beautiful cinnamon bear, really pretty bear. And, um, you know, I'm no professional camera guy. We had a, a nice camera, <laughs> but again, it was nothing that I would have brought again. It was a huge camera and a big, heavy tripod. And I got that thing on my shoulder. I got a rifle on my shoulder as well, just in case there's uh, a second bear, you know, so we're trekking through and we find, uh, the cinnamon down close to the water yeah. and we're way up top. So we got to work our way all the way down and try to find the shot and, it was really difficult to get through all that, especially down in those drainages. That's where a lot of trees fall and all that stuff. So you're, you're managing all of that terrain. And uh, Luke finally got into a position where I think it was about a 200 yard shot yeah. uh, and hit it the first time it kind of moved around. He's put a, a, a nice second shot in there and it just rolled, it, you know, all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so when I'm watching that, I'm like, that's cool, but it's going further and further away from us. It's yeah. more, you know, so it ended up um, expiring pretty much right by the water. So we had to go all the way down to the bottom. And now I'm thinking it's on the other side of this yeah. rushing water. So now what the hell do you do? <laughs> so we got down there and uh, took a break. We saw it, you know, it was, it was uh, dead there. So we didn't have to do any tracking or anything That's like that, but we took how a break. You want it. Yeah. We took a break and crossed uh, over a, a pretty big down log. And you know, that again is a pretty oh uh scary stressful yeah especially carrying all your gear and all that stuff one slip of the foot and you're in that water and and it's probably going to take you downwards yeah. quite a ways and and ruin everything you have so you got to take you know step baby steps and work your way it, it was pretty scary but we got onto the other side and and uh you know found it and and it was just an awesome experience luke was ecstatic i was because we had success well, yeah. on the hunt uh, the, the whole hunt was a, a great story for him. I knew it was, so it was, it was a really cool experience. Well, and, and I think, you know, not many people are going to be taking one MMP 10s, 308s out, um, hunting, let alone taking an, uh, holographic XPS with a, a, a magnifier on it. Right. Not a lot of people are doing that. Right. Um, and I thought that's, that's one of the coolest parts about it. Um, but the other folks, we would see bears. I put a stock on a bear that we were like, well, we don't know if it's going to stay out. And this bear was, I mean, oh, man, when I'm thinking about it, it's probably a good 1,000 yards away or something yeah. like that. You know, you just see this little black dot moving. Right. And, well, okay, let's take put a stock on it. And so we'd, you know, side saddle this, th this you know, mountain down and then start coming up on the other side. And we got where we thought it was going to be, you know, roughly in that area. And it had already gone. Right. And you guys were over there trying to wave us down, like, like calling it off. And we're still making the move, you know, we just didn't know any better. And there was that one bear that showed up in the same spot every day, every day. And, and Fabi, and again, he was the one that let's go get on that. Yeah. And I think it was Jeremy that said, 
You don't understand. Like, it's like three ridges <laughs> away. It's like up and down, yeah. up and down, up and down before you can probably, you know, see yeah. shoot that thing. And who knows if it'll even be there once you get there. So right. And even in the spotter, like it was a small dot. Right. Like you would yeah. see it, and you're like, oh yeah, man, that's a. I mean, it's there, and it was there every day. Yeah. And it was just a long, yeah, long ways away. Yeah. Well, I mean, backcountry hunts, man. I I highly recommend them. Like it was fun. It was fun, and mine was uh, similar to Luke's, but mine was way up on the other ridge. So we had the same thing. We were on top of a, a ridge, and Jeremy spotted it, um, and it was a speck at the time too. I'm yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe uh, we're gonna bear. go get that. Yeah. Come on, man. So we worked our way down the down our ridge until we were kind of even with um, my bear, and. Um, you know, so I had an opportunity to kind of catch my breath and relax and get the right rest. And, and, yeah. uh, you know, I propped my, um, my rifle on a good, uh, bipod and I just took my time and, right. um, I, it was like a 325 yard shot. So it, I think it put that, that product to the, it the, put it to the test. Sure. I mean, the, when you start stretching it out, like a holographic site out past 300, I mean, that's, that's a good shot. Yeah. What scared me was uh, the first shot felt really good, mm-hmm. but it didn't even phase it. It really? didn't even move. So Jeremy said, put another round in him. And I shot again, and he just ran off into the thickets without really kind of bucking up or right. anything. And so now I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I, I missed I it missed or, or yeah. wounded or something. Um, so, you know, anytime you do that, you got to go look, right? So Absolutely. I have it in my mind that, this thing's not going to be there. And so we had to go all the way down, cross the water again, and go and all go the way back all up. All the way up. Yeah, and the whole time I'm thinking, this is just a waste of time because I, I think I missed, you know. The, the shots felt good, but I think I missed just because of the reaction of the bear. And so we got to pretty much where the bear was when I shot. And, again, I was sweating and buckled <laughs> over. You know? Panting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, gasping for breath. And Jeremy, who wasn't, just kept oh. walking, and he went another – hundred yards into all the thick cedar stuff. And I uh, said, JB, come here. So sure enough, I went up there and there it was laying. So it was, You're uh, like, thank goodness we don't yeah. have to hike anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was easiest hundred <laughs> yards I've walked uh, that whole time. Uh, but yeah, it was a great experience and, and it was fun. It really did put it to the test to put your shooting skills to the test to put your uh, endurance to the test. And uh, it, it's just a, a fabulous, fabulous hunt. I'm going to tell you this right now. You got to give yourself a couple of days to ease into it. Because I was so sore, my oh, feet yeah. were sore, my legs were sore. Because you didn't sit still until you got up to a good glassing spot, right? And I would, I would do it all in a heartbeat. Well, and that Tango Mount, that that mountain called Tango, is like one of the steepest ones, and that was like the first one that uh, we climbed that first day. And actually, I wanted when we got back, I said I wanted them to make me a shirt that said I conquered Tango. Yeah. But when we got up there, I didn't know what the goal was. And it turned out, like you said earlier, you get up there to glass other ridges. So right. we got up there and again, I was just, I was out. So Jeremy says, <laughs> well, we just, just relax and we'll glass. So I still have a picture of, of me on my phone and that I was, I put my hat over my eyes and I slept. I fell asleep. <laughs> I do remember that picture. Yeah, I still have it. <laughs> while, while he was doing all the work, I was catching some shut eye because it just wiped me out. Oh it yeah. crazy. It'll, man, if you haven't hiked up a mountain or something like the Tango, I highly recommend it. 
But uh, JB, thank you so much for joining and yeah, sharing, no sharing a little bit about like makes me want to go back. You know, I it's, know. it's been a long time and uh, I haven't talked about it that thoroughly. And man, now I see now I we're to itching go... to get back. We need to plan something. Right. Yeah. I think it's time to return to the cellway. But uh, anyway, guys, thanks for joining Gun Talk Hunt. Always be safe and uh, keep those muzzles pointing in the right direction.